0: This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even
1: the crowd knows what's coming next.
0: The WFNZ 20th Annual Street Turkeys, presented by Ram Pavement today at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. We're broadcasting live from 6 a.m. To 6 p.m. We're the Weston Walker Show, broadcasting from 12 until 3. Then it's the Kyle Bailey Show taking over alongside Smoke Ludwig. We're brought to you by Telware, Truist, and Piedmont Natural Gas. We work in partnership with the Second Harvest Food Bank of Metrolina and Loaves and Fishes Friendship Trays to provide meals to families over the holidays and beyond. Weston Walker at the corner of Mint Street and Moorhead Street. We invite you to come donate frozen turkeys, canned food, boxed goods, monetary donations whatever you can if you can't make your way here to the doghouse you can donate by texting street turkeys all one word to four four three two one. Very easy number to remember. Four four three two one. If you can count, if you can count backwards, you should be able to donate. Street turkey's all one word. We'll have Sam Farber at one forty to help us out. We're gonna be talking to a lot of different people today, and we have a still very fun show for you as we have the last couple of uh really almost not even two weeks, just week and a half as we start to get this thing underway. I'm excited to be out here, man, plus the view's not too bad at the doghouse either.
1: No, not at all. And this is my first time being here. I Past this place many times, so uh, it's excellent to be in here broadcasting and for uh, a great cause out there helping people get some uh, meat on the table, as they like to say.
0: Yeah, the Williams Walk, I think, is actually making its way over here yeah, right they came now. Yeah, down here, like a they did. Yeah, that was that a marching was a band. deal. Right yeah, a big deal right watching Malcolm so, <laughs> X. <laughs> there's so many people <laughs> around here helping out, you know, trying to get in. It's, it's not hard at all. Don't be overwhelmed by the amount of people that are helping. You can still find your way in very easily. There's plenty of parking around here. I found it very easily right next to the doghouse if you do want to come out and, and help us out here. So please do that. The Williams Walk doing that. Also, Tellware just brought a truckload of food. Yeah, I, I, I said truckload of food as well. What they just brought. I believe that's where you got the two turkeys, right? And you get it over there yes. next to the truck, where you're holding a Lots couple of turkeys. Lots of birds. In front in of, there. Lots of birds. There's a lot. There's a lot of turkey out there as well. So it should be a lot of fun today here at the doghouse, and uh, it will be still a lot of fun. We do have some Carolina Panthers news to talk about. Let's get started as we kind of pull up to the scene and get off of the bus.
1: We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn.
0: We were told we would find out the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers on Wednesday. Instead, Wes, we found out yesterday, Sam Darnold will be your starting quarterback against the Denver Broncos. It seemed like it was more so because P.J. Walker was not able to go, something you suspected once he had that high ankle sprain, not going to be able to play against Denver. So instead, they named Sam Darnold the starter. What did you make of that decision?
1: Uh, I mean, it's just kind of par for the course for this season. The Panthers are going to start another subpar quarterback uh sam Darnold. we kind of know what to expect from this guy but they're going to give him a go this season see what he has like i said i knew pj walker with a high ankle sprain i felt like there was no way he was going to come back in two weeks so um you know i wasn't surprised by it at all we knew baker had the poor showing so this is the next move
0: yeah it it is the next move i think it made sense going one week before you could bring back sam Darnold, letting him get healthy let him learn the playbook for a full week and don't go to Baker Mayfield that seems to be the thing that Steve Wilkes he made that call because Baker's healthy, but the way that he performed against Baltimore, the way that he performed at the beginning of the year, just wasn't good enough, so they're going to go to Sam Darnold. We're going to go to Barbara Ashford now of Piedmont Natural Gas and continue to talk about the fantastic event happening at the Doghouse with the 20th Annual Street Turkeys. Barbara, thank you so much for hopping on with us. How are you?
2: Thank you for having me. I'm doing great today. I hope you are.
0: Oh, yeah. We're doing, extre- we're doing fantastic, and we appreciate you not only just hopping on here with us, but being able to help out the city of Charlotte with families in need, donating. Turkeys being a part of this event, what does this event mean to you, mean to you and Piedmont Natural Gas?
2: Piedmont Natural Gas is always committed to supporting programs that will improve the lives of our neighbor, and we are so honored to be a sponsor of Street Turkeys again this year, and just, it's a sense of community, people coming together to help neighbors in need and feed families at this time of the year.
0: What specifically is something that you guys are doing to help specifically with the Street Turkeys event, whether it be just having people out here to try to work, the donations that you're making, what are some of the specifics as to Piedmont Natural Gas's role in this event?
2: So as a sponsor, of course, we sponsor it financially, sure. but we also encourage people to come donate and receive one of our Share the Warmth scars for their donation. And Share the Warmth is a program that's an energy assistance program that helps folks pay their energy bills, no matter the energy source.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. By Piedmont Natural Gas, that again is Barbara Ashford helping us out here at the Doghouse. Barbara, thank you so much. We really appreciate all the help and your partnership.
2: Thank you so much. I hope you all have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, thanks right. same right. to right. you. Thank, thank you. To very, have a great day. Very You're
0: same all. to you. Have a great day yourself. And here we are talking about not only the Carolina Panthers, But also a lot of different ways that you can help. Remember, I'm holding the sign. For some reason, I decided to take a power stance <laughs> in that tweeted-out picture. I did take the power stance. You were smiling, but sometimes you don't smile, and you decide to go to the Mean Mug. So I went with Mean Mug, and then you decided to smile. Is it because of the charitable event that you decided maybe of that was... Of course! Wasn't? You're yeah. supposed to be
1: happy out here smiling. We got the guy there with the buffalo hat right there, West, man. Wes, I can't read down. the
0: room. It's a problem. For some reason, I went Mean Mug at a turkey event. Yeah. I don't know why. It is a problem. I I'm a radio guy. Hmm. When you put the camera in front of my face, I will make a fool of myself. But this is what helps because you're good at radio, but also you come from a TV background, so that's you know right. what to do when the camera that's comes That's right,
1: on. man. A TV face. You know what I'm saying? That's what they call it. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm here for. Wait. To help you out. You no, know what b- I'm saying? But, but
0: but here's the thing. I, I But don't, you have a TV face. Say, please, okay, please, please make that be known because yes. there's so many people yes. that want to say, you got a face for radio, oh, say for, for sure. No, no, no. I'll say for sure we are the most handsome duo in the, in the Queens city and in the country. Well, And Willie P is saying, hey, did you approve this picture before it was posted? If I give you a power stance and then hold up a sign, right. I definitely That's approved of the picture. You need. I did not give See, the finger guns. Well, like how we're going to
1: flip time. it is we're going to say that you were giving a meme mug for those who do not decide to donate or do not decide to come down for I the cause. You letting them
0: know it's a problem. Is this a meme mug? I'm going to show a picture of it. Is it. It's like it's it's borderline duck face for a yeah, turkey it's, like,
1: it's, it's basically saying, what are you doing? You better come <laughs> down here. It's I, that's it.
0: Yes. Yes. What, you, what else would you be doing besides if you, coming down here for this? If you don't, then we're going to pull up on you and make sure you donate somehow, way. That's right. I think that's, that's what right. it is. And,
1: and we might have to call Fitty and then we get on our Dudley boys that and put you through a table that's at the abso- time
0: of the season. That's absolutely correct. Let's move on to the next <laughs> sports topic of the day, the Charlotte Hornets. They're going to be playing the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Wes, you have a few of these players that are out. It's the big three. Joel Embiid, not playing. Tyrese Maxey, James Harden. You can't get any production from the big three of the opposition. Hornets are four-and-a-half-point favorites as listed by ESPN. Yeah. I shook my head. I kind of shake my eyes up a little bit, make sure I'm looking at things right. Four and a half point favorites are the Hornets against the Philadelphia 76ers. This seems to be a perfect opportunity for the Hornets to stop their losing ways.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. Just like when we do the drafting of the best players on the floor, if we were to do a drafting of the top 10 players on the floor, the Hornets would dominate this matchup. So they have more uh, players. They have better players uh, out there than the 76ers. So there's no reason they should not win uh, this basketball game. But I I say it all the time. The NBA is tricky like that. Depleted teams get wins all the time. So the Hornets cannot afford to overlook this team or feel like it's going to be an easy out. And with the record like they have, they can't afford to take anybody, even a group of kindergartners, as an easy out at this point.
0: Okay? <laughs> no. No, it is not going to be an easy... You're hoping that the Hornets themselves are not going to be an easy out. So They we have,
1: should be starving and licking their chops yeah. to get out there on the court tonight.
0: Well, and even if you can't say the Hornets are healthy by any stretch, they are healthier than once upon a time, right? Where you do have Gordon Hayward coming back. You do have Dennis Smith Jr. starting to get over the injury that kept him out a couple of games. No, you don't have Lamelo. No, you don't have Cody Martin. But it's not as bad as it was just a couple of weeks ago. So... This is the rare time and maybe even the unique time, the only time, where the Hornets have been healthier than the opponent that they were playing. So you're right. This does need to be an advantage taken care of by the Charlotte Hornets. And the last thing, let's get to the college football playoff rankings. The question I have is if there is a path for Clemson. Here's Eric McClain on the Kyle Bailey Show where he says he thinks Clemson will eventually backdoor their way into the playoffs. Oh, God. When it's all said and done, man, I think Georgia stays at one. They just look have looked so good. I think they win the SEC. I think they take care of business these last couple of weeks. You know, really just get that done. I think Ohio State probably, you know, pulls it out and, and stays at two. Three is going to be interesting. You know, a, a USC going to do it. Is TCU going to stay undefeated? You know, with Tennessee losing, that, that really you know, just
1: eases a lot of people's mind behind them. You know, who's going to be able to stay there? And then I
0: honestly think Clemson, if, if those things happen accordingly – I think Clemson gets in on the back door at the fourth spot if and when they win the ACC championship at 11-1. and one. We got an oh, God, at the beginning of that, <laughs> and we got a spare me at the end of that. Clearly not a fan of what Eric McClain uh, is man, talking about. Listen,
1: I like E-Mac. I see him at tons of events. I see all those guys. But listen, ACC Network, I'm sorry. You know, I work for the ACC Digital Network. Uh, they're somewhat the ops, but when I listen to their shows, man, it's – just too much. They, they don't ever hardly they don't hardly ever give you real analysis. Everything is okay. going to be slanted, ACC favor. Listen, Clemson's not going to the playoffs. It's a wrap. There's too many teams in front of them. Strength of schedules too much. You have too many scenarios where even if teams lose championship games, they're still going to get in. We know the love that they give the SEC. Ohio State, Michigan stand a great chance of both of them getting into the college football playoffs. So no. And then if, if USC takes care of business. So, no, man, like I said, the the ACC network, McLean and those guys. They're cool guys, but, man, on their
0: shows, they just, everything is just slanted towards. It's never going to be good if it's followed by a but. They're good guys, but, oh, okay. That's basically <laughs> I mean, just I forget watch their shows. I, I mean, some
1: of the stuff that they say, I mean, I watch shows this summer, man. Sometimes they have me about to throw stuff at the TV. Oh, don't throw
0: stuff at the TV. I know. I Save don't want to do that. TV, yeah, yes. yeah, but, I mean, I would expect nothing less for them to say something like that. Now, here's the thing, though. Louisville does sneak into the top 25. Clemson did just come off of a victory over Louisville, so even if NC State falls out after Clemson had that win, you do have Louisville entering the top 25. North Carolina did not fall all that much. Surprisingly, I thought they would see the 20s after that loss to Georgia Tech. However, they did not. So there is North Carolina at 9-2. Also Florida State continuing to climb up 8-3 at 16. Yeah. The strength of schedule is going to have an argument for Clemson. And if you look at blind resumes, Heather Denich made this case on ESPN saying if you compare the blind resume of one Clemson to... USC, who is currently ranked number six right now at 10 and one. Yeah. There's a very good argument to say that the Tigers deserve to be in over the Trojans at the end of the day if both of them run the table. There's an argument there, but the thing
1: I see is just Georgia LSU, I think even if LSU loses that game, even if they get smashed i think there's still a chance they still are ranked in front of clemson perhaps uh but then you see tcu they more than likely win the big 12 ohio state michigan i think there's a strong chance both of them get in it get in there and i think if usc gets in there you know people like it or not but we need the West Coast in there, and I think that's going to play a factor in the committee's decision to get a West Coast team back into the college football playoffs, especially a traditional power like I, USC.
0: The traditional power thing makes sense. I, I do think it's funny. Here we are in Charlotte, North Carolina, saying the West Coast does need to be represented, and we're talking over a Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg beat. Yeah, This for is sure. so You, you right need now. it. I mean, the college football playoffs, <laughs> while I love it. I'm going to watch
1: it no matter who's in it. It's still very regional at its core it has been pretty much from its exception except for the times ohio state made championship runs but other than that it's mostly southern teams so it would be nice to have some west coast flavor in there especially usc like i said they have yeah. always been the preeminent west coast team they're exciting caleb williams i love watching them play it's lincoln fun.
0: riley so i would love to see them in the playoffs you can text in the garage door guru text line at 704-570-9610 matt in greensboro said walker went mean bug in the picture because he just really hates turkey that's actually not true i love turkey again it's just when the camera comes on i don't do anything right and then fitty of course responded as someone who looks like a big bird thanksgiving is a sad holiday for him i don't know <laughs> don't know why we're catching strays out here we're, we're out here trying to help the city and yet i'm catching strays left and right that's that's the sacrifice i'm making for charlotte also stanford p rode in west Wes's outfit looks like he just walked out of the 80s all denim that's brave but i feel like you can rock the all denim
1: listen I'm a uh, swag lord, so his comments mean absolutely nothing to I me. Think, I'm fresh to death. Stanford so.
0: P's on your side. I don't want oh, to. I thought, th- I, thought he, I thought Well, he, he's he's you, clowning you a little bit. That's he's, what I'm I saying. I mean, but no. it's all good nature clowning no, though. Look, I do man, this. I, look, you're you are doing the whole '80s thing. <laughs> I'm a big bird, and we're out here on the corner of uh, Mint Street <laughs> and Morehead. birds. That's right. This is what the we little do. little birds. This is what we do. It's the Weston Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep it right here the entire day especially until 6 p.m we're going to hand it off to the kyle bailey show at that point at 3 p.m when we're done 12 to 3 is when we'll be going on over here at the street turkeys event the 20th annual street turkeys event again share your thoughts on the garage door guru text line 704-570-9610 we'll be back with more carolina panthers talk after the break walker at the wfnz 20th annual street turkeys event presented by ram pavement taking place today at the jack daniels doghouse we're broadcasting until 6 p.m we started at 6 a.m with the newly coined mac and bone show i know when we started, we were at about $20,000 in terms of donations. I also know that the goal for WFNZ this year is to get to 40000 And I think we can get there. If you can't stop by the Jack Daniels Doghouse, it's at the corner of Minton-Moorhead. So if you can't reach us, go to the text line, not ours at the Garage Door Guru text line, but what you can do is you can text 44321, street turkeys, all one word. What that will do is that will send you a link to then be able to donate once you click on that link. It's extremely easy. This means a lot to people in need here in the city of Charlotte. I know you care about the city when you listen to WFNZ. It's something that we try to focus on, try to give the people what they want here in the city of Charlotte because this is where I've grown up. You know, I grew up here just really not too far away and then have made Charlotte my home as I was able to grow up and stay here and start to make money on my own. West did grow up here. We do care about this city. Please help us out. Street Turkeys, 44321 is the number that you can text. You can also stop by if you want to. Come hang out, man. Like, yeah, we'd love to meet you. Come over here at the corner of Minton-Moorhead. We have a ton of people work in these streets so what you can do is you can go out here and then you can say, um, you know, you can come in here and that there's an easy way to just donate at this booth that we have set up right in front of the doghouse, so again we're at the Jack Daniels Doghouse and if you can't come by Street Turkeys is what you can text to 44321. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers, a little bit more so with Sam Darnold starting at the quarterback position. I don't think this happens if PJ Walker is healthy and I, I will say this though Even if P.J. was healthy, it's not like I mind that Sam Darnold is starting. The only thing I would have gotten real mad at is if everybody was healthy and Baker Mayfield was the one that they'd throw back out there. And I know Dean Jones put this out there on Twitter. I know it's something that you've kind of been riding with all week long. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day who the Panthers throw out there. The only way I'll push back on that is I think it does if Baker's playing. I don't think Baker gives you any hope with this offense. We've seen P.J. give you hope. We've seen Sam Darnold last year give you hope. It, that, that's, not, that's not what I want from my quarterback that's a franchise guy. I'm not saying, oh, I, all I want is just some ounce of hope from my franchise guy going forward. No, you want more than that. You want confidence. You don't want to feel an ounce of hope for these QBs. You want confidence that they can go get the job done. That's not what Carolina has on their roster right now. This is the best we can ask for, hope. <laughs> just, just a little sliver of it. And Baker hasn't been able to give you that. Steve Wilkes decides to go to Sam Darnold, despite not having played one snap this year because of injury. And, Wes, he was the guy that Carolina wanted to move off of so badly. P.J. Walker was not supposed to be on this team this year. He was going to get cut if Matt Corral would not have gotten hurt and had his season come to an end because of the surgery. But he did, and so P.J. Walker was the third quarterback. Sam Darnold would not be starting a game if Baker was average. If Baker was just anywhere close to playing at the level he did in the playoff appearance with the Cleveland Browns, then Sam Darnold's not starting. But here we are. We are in a point right now in Panthers history where they do not have any adequate quarterback, and it's actually been quite a long time since they have. We've been pretty spoiled here as Panthers fans. Steve Berline was good. Then you had a little bit of the turmoil with Rodney Pete, but then Jake DeLome, this free agent who, yep. he comes in, talks that... You buy know, Bayou language Gambit, in the huddle, man and then gets them to the Super Bowl. And Jake DeLome is a very respectable quarterback for a while. We all know what Cam was able to do, lead them to a Super Bowl, and win an MVP award. Yes, it's been a while since we got that. Sam Darnold, I am absolutely okay with, even if everybody's healthy, to start a QB or to start at QB in this game against Denver, and then we'll see how it goes from there. But I don't know if we'll ever see Baker play in a Carolina Panther uniform again.
1: No, and uh, I think we will this season because I think the quarterback play is that bad. They're making this move this week is akin to you know when you're in the house and you want you're hungry and you want to go get something to eat, but you don't quite feel like it. so then you just go in the kitchen and see what you have, and then if you just happen to have some pancake mix or just a couple of different things that you can make some type of meal with, where you don't have to leave the house, then you do it. okay, you end up eating pancakes for dinner or something mm-hmm. like that, and this is what this is like. The Panthers are just running out of options. They're trying to get through the season so they can get through to what i think will be the most important offseason uh that they've had in quite some time maybe ever and so that's where they're at now they're putting in sam Darnold. i'm sure they're not expecting a ton out of him uh they know what he brings to the table as far as the turnovers he may play some good ball in a while but as i said i feel like you know the wheels will fall off at some point but that's where they are right now just trying to get through the season get a guy in there that can give them something Mm -hmm. and uh this is going to be a tough week for him to end playing against the Denver Broncos and one of the better defenses in the league.
0: All right, I'm going to call for the jingle just because the chemistry isn't there right now, and we do need to do this as the remote show as it currently stands. So coming up on the Garage Door Guru text line. Ah, (laughs) <laughs> it's Look, it's my fault, man. Like I, I'm going to take responsibility for that as well because I just go all over the place and I don't know if any knows where I'm going to go as we are here at remote at the Street Turkeys event. But you can text in 704-570-9610. So coming up with a couple of these texts, we do have somebody writing in. Naylor writes in, Panthers have never been spoiled because I said they were spoiled at QB. I mean, QB's not been too bad. The Compared to a- had the, they've had their chef decent, and, uh, decent quarterbacks
1: and uh, to good quarterbacks. yeah and then especially to have an mvp at some point there's some franchises i don't know that maybe that's a true stat but i know there's some franchises that haven't had an mvp at least in quite a long time
0: yeah there are plenty of franchises that have had it way worse at qb big cat dan says walker says gives us hope lol pj walker sam darnold and Baker mayfield there is no hope i mean yes right like i understand these aren't guys that you want to start going down the line my point is, PJ and Sam are the two spots you go to outside of Baker Mayfield at this point. And then 704 number wrote in, don't forget to hold your offensive coordinator accountable. I've actually defended Ben McAdoo. It was funny, I've kind of gone flip-flop on this. In the offseason, everybody was so happy that Matt Rule brought in coordinators with coaching experience before. We didn't bother to acknowledge the fact that it went horribly, horribly wrong with the Giants as Ben McAdoo took over at head coach. And so people would focus. They'd go to Pro Football Reference. And then you'd look at some of the good numbers Ben McAdoo put up as an OC. And granted, there was something to work with there. But it's also... we we had to consider what happened when he was the head coach and he was still largely in charge of that offense and he wanted to go to geno smith so maybe you don't pull that against him when he tried to go away from eli the the fan base destroyed him for that he has to go back to eli manning the team forces him to go back to eli and so i understand that defense of ben and then as the season started it's not like i was excited about ben mcadoo but wes baker mayfield was just so bad I, i didn't really think a lot of it was the offensive coordinator's fault I thought this, you could make a case against Baltimore, as far as what is his fault, it might have been the worst called game that he had this year. And you can go to the L.A. Rams game, and that, that might be the one you say, Walker, what are you talking about? L.A. was way worse than Baltimore. I just put that largely on Steve Wilkes, I think. And the reason I do that is because Wilkes comes in as the head coach. That's his first ever game. He continues to talk to the media about how they're going to establish this run first identity. And I think he just went overboard. And I think Ben McAdoo, as the coach that hired him, just got let go. Ben McAdoo, it'd probably be in his best interest to do what the head coach tells you as far as play calling goes. So Steve Wilkes is telling you to run the ball constantly. That's what Ben McAdoo did. To Steve Wilkes' credit, you know what he did? He adapted to Tampa Bay in the very first play from scrimmage on offense. They throw the ball deep to Terrace Marshall, and it was online. Marshall just couldn't bring it in. But they end up winning that game against Tampa because they start to throw the ball. So I do think as far as the responsibility of the OC, this really might have been the worst Play calling we've seen from McAdoo the entire season, and it's not like he's been some mastermind out there beforehand.
1: Yeah, and I feel like, you know, you always look at, well, who's responsible for what, and we talked about Coach Wilkes, and I said that was one of the things if he is hired, how much will he veto what an offensive coordinator wants to do? Ben McAdoo's been around this league quite a long time. You know what he brings to the table, but you talk about a game like Baltimore, and I would think that Coach Wilkes coming into that game did not want to give Lamar Jackson extra possessions. So that's probably. One of the reasons why you saw such a conservative game plan because they did not trust Baker Mayfield and what he could do in that passing right. game. You saw the turnovers came late that ended up costing him. Now, one of those was not his that led to the first Baltimore touchdown. That was the strip of Shai Smith. But I think that he was worried about the interceptions coming, uh, you know, and the bad plays to where you're giving a guy like Lamar Jackson extra uh possessions, and that's what they did at once. So I feel like sometimes they adapted to what's going on. Atlanta you know they were having such such success running the ball that opens it up opens it up, gives you defined reads to be able to make some big plays down the field. You play against the Rams a little bit better, defense things are a little bit tougher uh Cincinnati, you just had to come out of that game playing completely because you got down so far and then the Tampa Bay game, I felt like at first they tried to be. You know, they did try to down the field passing at first, but they stayed with the running game until they saw the blood in the water that was the Tampa Bay offense uh, not having a good game. They got enough possessions for the running game to start working. That opened up the reason and then P.J. was able to hit some plays. So I'm just saying I feel like that this team goes by kind of what, the the defense has given them, and how the game dictates it, but I think at its core, Coach Wilkes wants to go with the conservative game plan yeah. until he feels like something is presented to him where it's obvious. I feel like they don't want to go down the field until it's an obvious situation that will be advantageous to them, whereas the running game is working, they can get guys to bite on play action, and they can go down the
0: field. No, 100%. I think that's exactly what they want to do. As we talk about redeeming qualities about Steve Wilkes and – the pros giving him the permanent head coaching job. One thing I'll put in there, just kind of looking back on this, I do think Steve Wilkes adapts with his evaluation of players. And I think that happened with P.J. Walker, first and foremost. Steve Wilkes was scared to death to let P.J. Walker throw that football against L.A., and then he allowed P.J. to throw a little bit more so alongside Ben McAdoo, and they ended up winning the game against Tampa. And then he stuck with it. Against Atlanta, they throw a little bit more, right? You know, against Cincinnati, it went horribly wrong. But then against Atlanta the next time, a little bit of rain coming in, Deontay Foreman was a beast the first time against Atlanta, clearly you got to do that same thing, but It's not like we saw only screen passes, right? We didn't see crazy, crazy conservative nature from Steve Wilkes to the point where it was unbearable to watch. It was just running a lot, and then at that point, you would allow P.J. to kind of throw downfield. The evaluation of maybe even a Terrace Marshall getting more opportunities. Yes, it coincides with Robbie Anderson leaving the team, but also Terrace Marshall has been playing better under the watch of Steve Wilkes as the head coach bradley bozeman yes it kind of coincides some of this is coincidental it, it coincides with <laughs> pat Elfline being out for the rest of the gear and bradley bozeman comes in but as far as establishing yourself as a running team bozeman's been awesome in the run blocking game and bradley christensen has been playing a lot better in the run blocking game was one of the top five graded players in this past weekend for pff i, I think the evaluation of players uh, among the players that are on your roster I think Steve Wilkes does a pretty good job of putting them in a position to succeed as much as he possibly can as it's been constructed by the higher ups with there be Matt Rule before he left and Scott Fitterer who continues to be the GM.
1: Yeah I think the biggest thing that he's doing is just giving everyone an opportunity to see some of these guys that we've been waiting on uh, to start making plays like Terrace Marshall uh, that you talked about we've been waiting to see what he can do he's been getting plenty of opportunities and he's making good of that I think he's leaving a a positive impression and he talked about that as soon as he got the job that he wanted to see some guys that you know i'm sure that from his comments he felt like sometimes when he was watching evaluations uh with coach rude that he did not agree with uh rules evaluations of some of the players and the things that he saw so now that he was in charge he could put the guys in place to see exactly what they could do and if he was right about them
0: yeah and i I think steve Wilkes. When he got the job, he kind of told you one of the more transparent things he said, because there was a lot of coach speak taking over, which is fine. But when he gave you some of that transparent look into the organization and the way that his mind was working, he told you he had a different evaluation to some of these players than what Matt Rule did. He was going to give them an opportunity. I think you mentioned it right there. I also wonder just how much players like that because – some of the back, I guess I guess some of the criticism surrounding Matt Rule, we would hear every once in a while that there were players from Baylor that might get favorable treatment. That would get disputed, so that's not some report that ever came out, but every once in a while you might hear rumor about that with Matt Rule, and of course we know how ridiculous it got to be with the Temple connections, with the Baylor connections. And at first I would defend it because Ron Rivera would bring in guys when he first started in Carolina, he would bring in the Legado Nane's of the world, the Drayton Florences of the world, the guys that he had when he was coaching with the Chargers as a coordinator. So that happens with any coach. But then it got crazy with Matt Rule. I do think Steve Wilkes does take an objective look at each of these players and say, okay, I don't think you could do this. I think you showed me that you can, so we're going to roll with you. We're going to put you out there on the field. And I do think that's a good thing about Steve Wilkes as he battles to try to get this head coaching job for Carolina. And
1: I'll say, I think the difference is – when Rivera was doing that, he was going by guys he had seen playing the pros yep. that he thought he could play. Rules bringing in guys off the strength of what he saw from them in college. And as we all know, that doesn't always translate.
0: Yeah, Stanford P. said, here's his complaint with Steve Wilkes: He seems to only be able to win when the running game is working. I know yes. it's a small sample size, that. but that's just what we've seen. Yeah, I-, I wonder what other coach could win if the running game is not working. I guess that's my counter to that because I understand the it. Bills. But you got to have – Well, because they're a great team, though. But that's because their roster is amazing. But I'm saying their offense, they still shell people with no running game. But that's because they have Josh Allen at quarterback.
1: Right, but I'm saying, but that's still in theory. They don't have a traditional running game. I'm not
0: saying what teams in the NFL. I'm saying what coach could do that with this roster Okay, the Panthers. Ross. okay, yeah, yeah, Okay. You yeah. First
1: said with no running game, I was just saying. Right. I, I guess
0: that's I, got I guess with Carolina, I got not with the Buffalo Bills, yeah. not with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, not yeah. with these star quarterbacks. Yeah. If you gave any coach this roster, mm-hmm. who can win? With the way Baker Mayfield is playing, who still has started more games than anybody on this roster at QB right now, and even P.J., as much as I think P.J. should be starting over Baker, I mean, I'm not I'm not having to beat Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen out here. So, yeah, that's that's the one counter I have. But I will say it's a good point to bring up. The conservative nature, it's the one thing I think you and me share uh, similarity with. Yeah, I like Steve Wilkes, the guy. He seems to be an awesome dude that players gravitate towards. I just want my football team to be fun. If you were to for give sure. him a good QB, how conservative is Steve Wilkes? Even with that good P, uh, with that good QB, <laughs> goodness gracious! I think that's the question that I would have for Steve Wilkes if he does get the head coaching job. Let's send it back to the studio for a Fitty Flash. What you got for us, Fitty? Well, guys, we reported yesterday that there was some quarterback changes maybe coming to the New York Jets, and that came true this morning. After it was first reported that the Jets were going to stick with embattled quarterback Zach Wilson, they have now not only benched Zach Wilson, he will not be active for this Sunday's game. They're going with Mike White. He will start against the Chicago Bears with Joe Flacco being. The backup. So this could be another Jets quarterback that Scott Fitterer might be interested in trading <laughs> no, for don't this you upcoming <laughs> offseason. <laughs> don't you do it. Don't, I don't care if you're joking. Don't you put that on us here as Carolina Panthers fans. I do not want to go after Zach Wilson and try another reclamation project. My first thought here is I, I thought it was 50-50 on whether he would get benched or not. It makes you wonder if – He's kind of getting punished for his comments Saying that it was not his fault That he doesn't feel like he let the defense down To not be active That's weird to me the benching is not all that weird, but for Zach Wilson to not be active for this upcoming game, that's the weird part, and it makes me think it's something a little more than just the performance he put up.
1: Well, you know, we talk about, and I've spoken on here about guys and their actions off the field and it leading to on the field. We've seen the, the drama that surrounded him this offseason off and the ridiculousness that he had going on. So it tells you a little bit about his decision-making, his maturity as a guy, maturity as a player. We saw this come to fruition with these comments, talking about the win, saying he didn't see a problem. No self-awareness. I told you one of my biggest pet peeves about a person, period, is lack of self-awareness. He has that. So I think that this team is getting tired of him, tired of that act. I don't think he's going to be in New York much longer. These guys have got a good team with a lot of players. This is a great
0: move, and I think this is going to do nothing but help them going forward. We're at the corner of Mint Street and Moorhead Street. We invite you to come donate some fro- uh, frozen turkeys, canned food, box goods. Monetary donations are welcome. If you can't make your way here, you can donate by texting Street Turkeys, all one word, to 44321. That's Street Turkeys to 44321. We'll be back in a moment on The Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. turkeys event presented by ram pavement we're at the jack daniels doghouse until 6 p.m we'll be taking you the rest of the way until 3 p.m and then it's the kyle bailey show starting from 3 and then going until 6 you can come hang out with us at the corner of mint and moorhead if you can't make your way out here to give us a monetary donation donate frozen turkeys canned food box goods if you can't do that here in person, what you can do is you can make a donation by texting four four three two one Street Turkeys. Again, that is all one word, four four three two one. That's the number you can text, and then you'll get a link in return. Click on the link, donate from there. It's extremely easy. So whatever you can donate again, four four three two one, just text Street Turkeys. We've been talking about the professional ranks, the Carolina Panthers have a new starting quarterback that except an old starting quarterback. We're just recycling them at this point. With Sam Darnold let's now go to the college game and visit the campus corner with the campus corner visit we'll welcome in the Clemson conversation they come in behind two two lost teams here Wes I know you tease this at the beginning of the show They're behind Alabama at nine and two. They're behind LSU at nine and two. The Tigers, the LSU Tigers, come in at five. USC comes in at six. There's Alabama at seven. Clemson is right there at eight. Of course, the top four, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. You still say Clemson does not have a shot to make the top four with a couple of those two lost teams ahead of Clemson as it stands right now?
1: Well, I think the fact that they do have two lost teams in front of them kind of tells you what they think about Clemson and, I guess, the ACC as a whole, you could say, because they have Alabama in front of them and LSU. And then when you just look at different scenarios that are going to come up, Georgia and LSU will play each other. Uh, if LSU somehow upsets them, which I don't see that happening, I still think there's a chance that they still stay maybe in front of Clemson if they have a good showing. If USC wins, uh, Alabama, maybe Clemson leaps, frogs them, maybe they don't. I think TCU will take care of business, and I still think Ohio State Michigan have a great shot of, of both of them uh, getting in, perhaps. So I think it's going to be extremely hard. It would have to just be chaos on top of chaos on top of chaos on top of chaos.
0: Clemson, <laughs> I didn't know when you were going to stop. Yeah, for Clemson to uh, get into the playoffs. So here is Boo Corrigan, chair for the committee, talking about where they ranked Clemson and why.
1: You're looking at the football judgment, right, as we're going through this. And, you know, Clemson's 6-1 and one against teams over 500. Alabama's 6-2 and two with teams over 500. They've got the two close losses. Obviously, Alabama does, and then that, that that game against Notre Dame, that 35 to 14 game, continues to be part of the discussion. Uh, you, you look at Clemson defensively; they got some dudes uh, up, up front that are, that are making plays and doing things, and you know. But overall, we saw Alabama's being seven and Clemson eight.
0: So Clemson had the beatdown against Notre Dame. USC only lost by one point to Utah. When you talk about style points, I've always said they mattered, and I think they do here. What's interesting that Heather Denich talks about when she has the blind resume test and then talks about Clemson's ranking compared to other programs, it's that Clemson isn't special in any area of the game. Offensively, they're fine. Will Shipley is a good running back. He's not Blake Corum, but he's good. Right. Defensively, they're not Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins. They're not those guys, but they're good. And then when you go to USC, that offense is amazing. Caleb Williams is going to maybe win the Heisman Trophy after his performance last weekend against UCLA. So we know that the style points as far as margin of victory matters. That clearly matters when ranking these teams. But. Does it matter when you talk about the excitement that each of these teams can bring you? And should it matter the fact that Caleb Williams and USC would be more exciting than Clemson, who isn't special in any area, they're just fine in every area?
1: Uh, I think it does because, for one, Southern California is going to have an opportunity to play against Notre Dame themselves. And then when you look at Clemson, it's just the way I can't consider you a top four, top five team when you go up there and lose the way that they did. They were utterly dominated. 35-14, and it wasn't even that close. Then I think that's what's Hurting them so much is the way that it looked. You go up there, you lose by a field goal, heartbreaking fashion. Okay, we can live with that. But to go up there and get absolutely demolished where the game is not even close—that's inexcusable for a team that's supposedly one of the top four teams in the nation. I think that's what's going to hurt them going forward. That's why I was just saying, even if them uh, leapfrogging at Alabama, Alabama's losses were close. They came down to the last seconds. You know. Clemson, it, it was just really, really bad. And I think Southern California, they have an opportunity coming up. And Clemson's not done. They're not out of the water yet. they got South Carolina this week. That game is not going it's to a be It's a lot more interesting. Out. Yeah. And it perplexes me. Now, I know South Carolina has some bad losses, including getting smashed by Georgia. They lost to Missouri. But after that win against Tennessee, I just thought for sure South Carolina would creep into the bottom of the rankings. But that's going to be a tough game for them. The Tar Heels are going to be a tough game. But I just think there's too many teams ahead of them that's going to keep Clemson out. That loss was just too
0: bad. Do you feel like the top four rankings this year have been the least debatable of all the other times that we've had the college football playoff? Just because it's easy here, right? All of the top four teams, they're all undefeated. So it's really easy to slot those four teams. I don't think anybody has a real problem with the order right now with Georgia being 11-0, and Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Maybe you can argue about Alabama being seven, LSU being five, but I do feel like this is the least drama we've had after the committee has made their decisions to rank the teams the way they did.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I think this year too, one reason is you got that underdog that people have been clamoring for a lot of years in TCU. TCU's been that team that, you know, isn't the national powerhouse traditional team that has the undefeated season like we saw with Central Florida and some of these other teams that might finish their seasons undefeated where people are like, why aren't they in? Why aren't they in? Where well, you get that team now with TCU. So I think you have a good mixture of uh, pleasing everybody as far as where the top four rankings have been.
0: Yeah, Cam tweets things, wrote in, Bama has zero style in any of their wins this season. It's all about SEC bias. LSU lost to FSU, who Clemson handled easily. If you go to Big Cat Dan, He says Alabama lost to a team that got boat raced by South Carolina, and that's where the drama comes in, when you can pick whatever narrative you want to roll with. And some of it makes more sense than the other. I'm not saying it's all bogus, what anybody's saying, but that's where some of the bias comes in. That's where some of the narratives come in, especially when you talk about Alabama, because it felt like after that second loss, This was going to finally be the year. The committee could not show favoritism towards the Crimson Tide. But as these teams have lost, it feels like Alabama, again, even with Clemson, who just had the one loss to Notre Dame, and Alabama passes them, now I think people are starting to worry, oh, wait, we're not out of the woods. The committee is still showing that favoritism towards Alabama, and we're not going to get our wish of seeing Nick Saban out of the top four for the first time since the playoff era was here.
1: Well, listen, I think that's also what Clemson benefited from when people were complaining perhaps about them being number five, saying, oh, you know, ACC schedule, whatever, whatever. But Alabama, I say it all the time, they could lose four games, they're still going to be number 10. That's just how the committee (laughs) feels about them, okay? They lose a game, they can get smashed. They're going to drop two spots. So that's just how the committee feels about Alabama. People know
0: that we're seeing it and people are getting tired of that it's the it's the WFNZ 20th annual Street Turkeys uh, event. It's presented by Ram Pavement. Again, we're going to be up here until 6 p.m. Weston Walker will be broadcasting until 3 p.m. We have plenty more to talk at uh, talk about, but don't forget that you can donate by one either coming to the corner of Mitt and Moorhead here at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. You can also text 44321 Street Turkeys. So that's the message. Street Turkeys, all one word. The number to text is 443. It's the Wesson Walker Show coming back at you with the 1 o'clock hour on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.